This is the I Went Down to the River podcast. I'm Dan Walton, and I will sit down with fellow alums and talk about what it meant to be a part of the Hawken football program and wear the wings. We share stories of friendship, memorable games, funny moments, and how football made us who we are. You don't need to be on a bus for these tangs. Now let's go down to the river. Today's guest was a varsity contributor for three years. He played fullback and linebacker and played with physicality and a high football IQ that put him in the middle of many important plays. He was elected captain as a senior and was also that season's old board recipient. His varsity impact as a linebacker is best summed up by the fact that he is fourth all time in career tackles with 332. In the program, he's number 44 and is a member of the 1996 class. Daryl Butler, thanks for joining me on this trip down to the river. Daryl, how you doing, man? Hey, I'm doing great. Dan, thanks for having me. I appreciate the, appreciate the opportunity to, to, to reflect back on some of, those, some of the good times we had. Yeah, and we will definitely get into many of those. Um, I want to start us off, and I want, uh, I want to ask you this question. So as an incoming ninth grader from Bedford, uh, what was your first memory of Hawking football? That's a great question. So, you know, my my entry to Hawking football was a little interesting because the summer of my eighth grade, summer between eighth grade and ninth grade, I actually fractured my femur uh, playing first base in a summer baseball league of all things. And so, um, so my first experience really with Hawking football was probably even prior to coming in as a freshman when I did my visit to Hawken and, and had the opportunity uh, to at least spend some time with some of the current players. And I have vivid memories of sitting next to Anthony Calcet uh, on the on, on a park bench for lunch, you know, and, and just him and a few of the other players just talking about how excited they were about the football season coming up. And, and it really had that kind of a personal touch when you're looking at it at a school and, and don't know any, you know, don't know, but a couple of folks that attend that attend that school um, really has a significant impact on you. So I knew I was coming to a great place after just hearing some of the stories that, that, that the team and those guys were, were sharing and, and just the excitement that they were welcoming me, you know, it was already a, you know, Anthony Calcet in particular was already like, yeah, look how big this guy is. This is going to be great, you know? And, and so it was, it was interesting to, to kind of say the least. So that was really my first, my very, very first memory of kind of hawking football and what, you know, what, what the team and, and, and the players kind of, kind of meant to the program. So. So broken leg in baseball, was that kind of uh, a way to basically be like, yeah, maybe my future is not in baseball here. <laughs> It certainly it certainly soured me on baseball a little bit because I can I remember vividly sitting in the laying in the hospital bed and the doctor came in and said, yeah, it's it's broken. And my first question was, does that mean I can't play football this this fall? Right. I mean, that was the very first question out of my mouth. So um, it was definitely not the way I thought I was going to come in to come into Hawking. Um, whether athletically or or even personally socially right as a new student walking around on crutches uh, and 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 who's this guy right so (laughs) remind me what the uh, recovery time on that was so i um i did it right in the middle of the summer uh went to a kind of a straight leg walking cast uh as we entered into the school year 
um, physical therapy throughout the course of the, the football season and came back and actually played in two games that freshman season for the for the team. Um, and I remember it was an interesting time because I hadn't played all year. I was just kind of getting my legs back under me and, you know, sharing time with with Pat Milborn at, at kind of running back, fullback position. And, and uh, uh, it was a lengthy recovery, but so glad that I did get a chance to come back and just play a couple of seasons with you guys as a freshman team and and uh, and then actually stuck around took advantage of that next couple of couple of weeks after the freshman season to to practice with varsity and kind of play in one of the JV games which was an awesome experience as well and uh freshmen did thing we did things differently when we had that separate squad so we came in a couple of days later than the varsity we didn't have to practice with them uh it was very obvious who the freshmen were because they put us in those yellow jerseys varsity varsity's in the red and we're rocking the yellow um and you know coach brant and coach waller working us through and stuff and uh some good memories there some good memories there with the freshman squad we were definitely excited uh when we got to meet you because it was another body for our class but it was also someone who had played before and someone like you had mentioned earlier someone who had a little bit of size so that was definitely a welcome sight coming in (laughs) awesome well i I don't know if you you may not even know this but I, I remember even prior to, to breaking my leg and I got some of the information around when practice was going to start and what that looked like. And to your point, freshmen came in a little bit later than the than the rest. Of, and so my dad and I were talking and I remember asking, I said, I said, I, I want to start practicing with, I want to start practicing right away. And I, I don't want to wait, you know, and <laughs> so my dad ended up reaching out to, to, to Coach Walton and asking, hey, what's the deal with the freshmen coming? Can he come when everybody else, when the when the team comes in the beginning, you know? And and so we got the explanation as to you know why we do what we do, and then you know having the injury kind of obviously you know took all that off the table anyway. So, so so we get that freshman season out of the way, you get fully healed up and everything, and now we're gonna sort of work our way to starting tenth through twelfth grade year here, and um, as we sort of transition to the varsity program, talk about what it meant initially, but then throughout to be able to wear the wings and to have those on the helmet. Oh, absolutely. So, you know, as you, as you come in and, you know, you've got these, these grand ideas about what it's going to be like to, 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 to be a varsity athlete and particularly in a varsity football program. And, and so when you get that opportunity uh, to step on the field in a varsity game, I mean, the, the, the amount of emotion, right, that's it's going through your mind, it's your heart's racing, you know, you, you want to be, you want to do well, you're nervous about so many different things. And, and so for me, it was, it was, you know, I, I look back on it as kind of that, that first time to have that step to, to take, to, you know, start to, whether it's take on some significant responsibility on a, on a, in a program that now, you know, this, this team is relying on you. It's, it's not just, you know, and, and these games mean something, right, to everybody involved. Um, and so to be a part of something like that, something kind of bigger than yourself, I think is one of those life lessons that playing a varsity sport, stepping into that, is kind of one of those first kind of turning points, inflection points where you say, yes, I am a part of something bigger than me. And, and this is what this means to the, to the community. Um, you know, we had some great... Uh, 
um, uh, events at, at school and, and all those things, the pep rallies and all that. So you got to see that, you know, that the community really wanted you to be successful and you meant something to the program. So it was, it was fantastic. I like you mentioning, you know, it's bigger than myself because football, it requires all 11 when you're on the field and you could have that one superstar. And if the other 10 aren't doing their job, uh, there's no guarantee that that superstar is going to be able to do anything of uh, value or worth. So um, it requires all 11 to do their individual job, which collectively means we can do our job. Absolutely. And uh, being on the field is uh, it's pretty special to be able to see that come uh, come to fruition there. Um, so one of the other things that I like to talk about with sort of the power of football is uh, that shared experience and how it just creates and grows relationships on that team. And if you want to take a moment and talk about um, what those relationships look like for you, whether it be classmate or uh, older or younger teammates. Sure. Yeah, no, for sure. And I, you know, I tell people all the time, I played a lot of different sports and football is a unique uh, experience. And, you know, whether it's the, the physicality of it or, you know, the, the level of danger, right, that people place around playing a, a physical sport like that, the bonds that you, uh, that you make with your teammates, I feel like is just a stronger connection um, because you're on that field looking out for one another play after play after play, right? And, and so, you know, for me, it was a great opportunity to meet you and the, and, and the rest of our, of our team and, and develop relationships that, you know, my, my best friends at, in, in high school, right, were, were a lot of the guys that were on our, on our team. And, and so, you know, to take those friendships that you develop, and I didn't have the, you know, I, didn't, I wasn't a lifer, right, at Hawken. I came in just for high school. And so to quickly develop the relationships that I did and feel like, I mean, I felt like I was one one of you guys, man, the guys that had been there for, 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 for years. And, and, and I left feeling like I was part of Hawk and, and I was part of the team and, and those friendships have obviously carried on as you and I continue to, to stay in contact and, and a lot of guys on the team and, um, you know, to see our kids growing up, you know, and, and, and being a part of, of everyone's lives like that. Uh, it's just a significant, significant uh, impact on me personally, um, even, you know, certainly out, outside of football and, and to be involved in, in the lives of some of the guys coming up behind us and, and, and ahead of us, you know, some, you know, I think about um, Dan Guttmacher, right, as a, as a brother of, of, a, of a player on our team, you know, I'd be able to you know, work with him and Larry Wilson and others kind of in that classes above us. And then I look back on Bill Brown and others that came behind us that uh, got a chance to know and, and still, you know, still to this day have a chance to keep up with and, and stay in contact with and, and, and just you know, grow, continue to grow up together. Right. You know, as, as we did even back then. Yeah. Daryl, those relationships. So we, we talk about like sort of struggling through the summer heat and the conditioning element of uh, two a days and all that stuff, getting ready for the season and just the highs and the lows of a season. And um, it's not just the highs that create the great relationships. It can be right. the, the lows and the struggles, whether that be uh, physically or from an emotional sort of uh, 
roller coaster with a loss or things of that nature. So, um, we definitely had, we definitely had, uh, equal amount of both of those that we, uh, that we went through. Yes. Our, our senior year was, was a little bit tough uh, if, for our, some of the folks that be, li- be listening and may not realize that we, I think we were, uh, two and eight, three and seven. Yeah. Three and seven. Yeah. Boy, I tell you, you know, to your point, you go through a season like that, um, as strong as we were kind of as a team coming in, you know, I feel like we came out the other end even stronger, you know, even even with that with that record. And what we had to do to fight to win those those games that we did win and to win those kind of couple right at the end of the year too, kind of really, you know, show that we came a long way uh, from where we started to finishing the season as strong as we did there was, was, was awesome. Yeah, so that roller coaster uh, we're going to talk about a little bit in it a little bit more specifically in a couple of minutes uh, when we get into sort of going through sophomore through senior year with uh, some memories of specific games. But before that, um, I want to ask you this for the listener who has never played linebacker, describe what that is like to play linebacker and maybe talk about what some of the challenges or the hardest parts of the position are, and then talk about uh, what you just love Cause I, I, I know, I know you loved playing linebacker and you were, you were quite successful at it. So give us a little piece of uh, stepping into the shoes of a linebacker here. Sure. So, so one of the awesome things about playing linebacker is you're, you're, you're kind of the captain of the defense, right? You're the quarterback of the defense and from that perspective. Um, it's funny growing up, I played a lot of quarterback when I was in, fourth, fifth, sixth grade, you know, uh, on the, on the playground kind of thing. And, and so, um, to, to have an opportunity to kind of play a quarterback type position on the defense, uh, as I kind of got into my career was, was awesome. And, you know, the linebacker is a, is, is one of the most physical positions on the field. And it's only one of the most mental positions on the field in terms of, you know, fully understanding the playbook, fully understanding not only what your role is, but what, the defensive line is supposed to be doing in front of you what's supposed to be happening behind you and and how that how that uh execution comes to bear each individual play giving given the uh you know the formation of the offense and 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 what play is being run right so so the amount from the amount of thought and things that go things that go through your head up to the snap up to the point that the ball is snapped you're already you know, swirling through all these different changes and, and recognition of of of, um, of assignments, and then once that ball once that uh, that ball is snapped, you almost your, your your mentality just shifts into this get after it mentality. Oh yeah, you will do anything and everything to get to that ball carrier, right? Um, See ball, get ball. That's right. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> And so when you, you know, when you talk about, you know, just what you love as playing linebacker, the fact that you're involved in every play, right, from start to finish, from calling the play in um, to setting up the setting up the, the formation to making the tackle. If you don't make the tackle, you're 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 close enough that you're the first one to congratulate your, your teammate for making that tackle. I mean, it's you are all over the field. Um, you know, um, you, 
and, and then for, for me, I'm a very physical person. And so I've actually been funny to see my kids start to grow up a little bit because one of our sons um, um, had uh, some, some uh, I can't remember exactly what it's called at the moment, but he, he needed to, to feel pressure, right? So like the weighted blankets and all those types of things. Yeah. And, and, uh, and I noticed that pretty early on, actually in middle school, that I really liked contact, right? That it, it actually, it fueled me. It, it felt good uh, to make hard contact like that. And so it's funny today, I talk about how my son needed, you know, all this, uh, he had some, you know, some. The OT. sensory. Yeah. Yes. like the Yeah. So he had some OT and other things that they worked through to kind of get, and he needed to feel. I said, well, that's funny. I never had any OT uh, but that was football was my OT, but I, <laughs> I needed to feel that contact. Right. And so, and so that's what I loved about linebacker was, you know, you was a, it was a physical position. You were always, you know, around the tackle, making the tackles. Um, and you just got to be in the middle of every play. And it's, and that's just something I've even carried on even beyond football in terms of be, from a career perspective, you know, being in the middle of everything is kind of the, where I'm, where I'm comfortable, you know? I like that uh, you you mentioned that uh, as linebacker, you got to know what the defensive line's doing in front of you and you got to know what the secondary is doing behind you. And it is very similar to quarterback on offense because you ideally want every one of the 11 players on the field on both sides of the ball to know everyone's assignment. You're you're that much better when everyone knows what their role is. Yeah. But when you talk about that as a linebacker, it is it's a puzzle piece that fits together. And so if your defensive line is supposed to do one thing, you've got to trust that they're going to do their job and the secondary behind you has a job and you're going to trust that they're going to do their job so that you can do yours. And it's only when a defense starts sort of stepping into someone else's responsibility where you really start to create these gaps and these holes and openings that an offense can really exploit and take advantage of. So um, very much the cerebral aspect of linebacker. Um, I think it also speaks to how much mental preparation during the week you and the linebackers and the defensive staff had to put in because the amount of time to react is so short. And so you're trying to assess and gather as much as you can pre-snap so that when that snap occurs, it is just reaction and not thinking at that point it's my eyes are where they should be trust them and now let's go let's go get after it that's right that's right and i will tell you even if even as i got into even playing beyond high school the men the mental load just continues to go up every year right you you sophomore junior year senior year the mental load and what you are thinking about just continues to increase well even when i got into college I remember vividly making a, a comment to my coach. He asked, why did you take that first step, right? And I said, well, I thought that X, and he stopped me. He said, you what? I, said, <laughs> I thought that I go, that, that, that's your problem. <laughs> you thought, you don't think, you, you know, you, like you said, you have to react and these things have to be just, you know, a part of your, your process and ingrained into how you, how you, uh, handle the situation. So you gotta have eye discipline. You gotta train your eyes and you gotta know what they're supposed to be looking at. And yep. if you're, if you're reading the wrong thing, if you're getting your eyes distracted, uh, somewhere else 
And if you're looking for ball before you're reading your keys, uh, you're not gonna you're not gonna make as many plays as you want. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. So let's go ahead and let's start with uh, the '93 season, which was our sophomore season, and uh, good senior class in numbers, good senior class in talent. That's probably underselling it. Yeah. Very, a very good senior class, as we're going to get to and talk about. And then a junior class above us that uh, had some very special talent as well. So there, wa- there were not a lot of openings for our sophomore class to really step in and help out. Uh, special team role here or there for one or two guys. But you found not just that special team piece, but you found a spot as a linebacker to be a rotation piece. And you had Christian and Joe Perino at that in yep. inside linebacker spot, two great guys, which before we get into a couple of specific uh, comments that I have, if you want to talk about what it was like to be in that position group with Christian and Joe Perino. Oh, absolutely. So you mentioned two two great guys, certainly very two different personalities, two very different personalities. Um, and so for me, anytime you step into a, a, a position group like that, where you've got two strong um, leaders in those in, in that role, you want to you, you want to take the best from, from from both. Right. And start to learn, you know, what is it that these guys bring to the table? And so Joe was certainly um, relatively reserved. Um, think, you know, very, very thought, thoughtful in terms of what he did. Um, Chris, Chris Sheehan got after it. I mean, <laughs> that guy, um, in terms of just flipping the switch, right. And just, and just being able to, to, to make it happen. And so for me to kind of be a part of that and try to try to take something from both and really, you know, learn from those guys and develop over, over time was what was awesome. And so I'm really glad I got a chance to play, to play behind and intermixed in with those guys for sure. Um, linebacker was one thing, but I definitely, you know, playing with Chris, you know, obviously he played on the other side of the ball, as well. And, and, um, I do have some have vivid memories of, I can't remember the name of our, of that play. Oh, jumbo. We're going to talk about jumbo here in a couple minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. So but both those guys, Chris, Chris and Joe, it, we're, we're just great to great to get to know and we learn quite a lot from them. So your rotation piece here at linebacker. And as the season is, uh, underway, Coach Moses, the defensive coordinator, definitely is gaining confidence in being able to put you into position and put you on the field. This is not like, hey, let's get Joe and Chris a break and put Daryl in for a series. This is he has confidence in you that he can put you in and we're not going to take any sort of step away. I think what I was really impressed with and obviously as a 15, 16 year old, I don't I don't have that impression then it's only after when I can look back at it with a little more maturity is I am super impressed that you never looked like a sophomore out there with those guys. It was not, uh, Hey, yeah, the the third linebacker just came in number 44 and, uh, let's see if we can't try to trick him or distract him by putting motion in place or going right at him. You always looked the part and you always, you always belonged. And if it wasn't for one of those two, you would have been a three-year starter at linebacker for us. Sure. Sure. No, that's, I appreciate that. And, um, 
you know, it's one of those things where you never even, when you, when you thrust into that role and given the opportunity, you, you just, you, you need to seize the moment, right. And, and, and do the things that it takes to, to, to try to be successful and, and help the team, right. That's, if you're thinking about how am I helping the team right now? Right. And that's driving your, you know, your, you know, your, your reads, your, you know, your pre-snap reads, how am I helping that right there kind of makes you feel a little lot more comfortable when you're out there that you're doing everything you can to help the team, you know? Yeah, for sure. So, um, jumping around a little bit later on in that season, Christian actually needed to be out for a game. Um, so you got your first start, I believe it was at home against WRA. Um, and, like you had mentioned earlier, you were also being used um, on the on the offensive side of the ball. And we had a short yardage play called Jumbo for short. It was Jumbo Jam. And basically, we did a little unbalanced to the right, brought alignment over from the left side to the right, um, condensed our wide receiver who was out wide left to sort of the tackle position. Uh, we put Joe Perino at slot going in motion. We had you as the lead and uh, we would just hand it off to Christian and we would wedge block and we would just uh, steamroll what, what was in our way, basically. And we had a lot of success with it, but two highlights for me with that specific position. So the game against university school, which um, good team, rival, um, super physical linebackers on that team. Uh, Chris Petro being one of them, uh, nice. and just, uh, being inside the 10 yard line and going jumbo. I think it was two plays in a row and Dan Gutmacher and the rest of the line, just sort of wedge blocking down and you lead up right to Chris Petro and the collision was, intense and you drove his butt back into the end zone and i remember just two or three plays where we ran that play and you met him and you got all of him and for a sophomore to get that on an upperclassman of uh of his stature that's pretty awesome yeah, that's a that's a great memory, man. And I, yeah, that was uh that was awesome. I I remember even leading up to that game. Um, well, I'm trying to remember who it was that was Chris Petro on the uh, scout team. I remember there was that. <laughs> who would was, that have been? <laughs> that's a tough I, role. Right, exactly. It's a that, big dude. That's a crazy dude. That's uh, right. that's a character. <laughs> but yeah, he was. I mean, he was the target all all week right in preparation and, and this is a guy you've got to beat right so we go into that and this and just and for that to happen you know in in, in real time around the game was, was awesome man. do you do you remember pregame of that game by any chance so we're in our end zone and we're lined up on the back end line and the captains are like at the five yard line getting us ready just as sort of the second wave of u.s players are coming right by us and Petro happens to be one and he's a, he's a big guy to start with, but it was also the nineties. So he had shoulder pads that were like ridiculously oversized, made him look even bigger. Yeah. And he had 
eye black or face paint over like virtually his whole face and he's yelling something or other like we're going to war or let's go to war we're you're going to hell i mean it was like he's just shouting stuff at us as we're kind of going through our we got the preppers today hawks and everyone everyone yells in unison who yeah and that and then the captain said it again and the place it was just it was intense like you could feel you could feel it and you knew that that uh that game coming up was gonna was gonna have a little extra to it. Absolutely, absolutely. And I remember he and he walked. He was the only player to take the field during the warmups without his helmet on. He had his helmet in his hand, right? That's why you can see that face paint because he has helmet in his hand as he as he walked onto the field. The rest of his team was 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 suited up and fully suited up. So yeah, he definitely had a chip on his shoulder, and I mean that that only fueled our fire, right? I mean at the end of the day. That was he, he almost made it personal, you know, that that we're going to beat not only beat us, we're going to we're going to beat you, Chris. Right. I mean, beat him 19-0 uh, quarterback Nick Casario, who just uh, got an upper uh, front office job with the Houston Texans. So that, that was. Wow. Yes, yeah, so that's kind of a cool little connection that uh, we have from that game. Uh, the other. So the other uh, memory I have of that jumbo jam play with you leading up is our. We'll, we'll sort of fast forward the 93 season was super successful we were nine and one we were a playoff um we were a playoff team and so we win that first game against akron manchester and the second game is a uh, second round matchup against warren jfk who we have played two other times in the postseason in 90 and 91 lost both of those and so it was a third chance to play this warren jfk team who really had our number the previous two times and we play them at field high school which which just happened to be the same location for all three games Hmm. and so we go into this game and it is a battle back and forth but at some point late in the fourth quarter my dad decides we we have the lead we got to just we got to move the ball, but we got to take up clock. And we ran a drive that I don't know the exact play number, but it was easily over 12 plays. And I would say at least five to six plays in a row, we ran jumbo jam and just kept moving the chains on them. And they had two interior D linemen that were like right around 300 and they had two physical linebackers and it just sort of get over the hump of beating JFK finally in the third attempt. And the way we did it as a, as a smaller team to just physically line up and just punch them in the chest and in the face and move them back. And to be able to have that be the outcome was pretty cool. Pretty cool. Yeah. What do you remember? What do you remember from that uh, playoff run in 93? Boy, so um, so speaking of, so speaking of Warren JFK, um, I have vivid memories of their line, their, their, their running back that they had big, big guy. I mean, they had two good running backs that year. They had a kid named by the last name of Richardson at fullback. 
Yes. And then they had a tailback by the name of Trimble, and both were pretty good sized. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I have a couple of memories of that Richardson specifically, because obviously being being uh, um, sophomore and, and that, that pounding with him, um, I remember him. I remember him getting so pissed off at me because every time he would run a trap or an ISO, I would get it would end up being me and him meeting at the line of scrimmage. And, and I remember thinking, just, just stay low, right? I'm a, <laughs> low man wins. <laughs> low man wins. And I remember after about three or four times of just taking him out at the line of scrimmage in his hole, right? Him getting up and finally yelling at me about, why do you keep taking out my legs? Right. And I'm thinking, <laughs> this is what you're going to get. This is going to keep happening, buddy. So get used to it. You're not getting through here one way or another. Right? Um, and so it's just a funny, just a vivid memories of him yelling at me after a few tackles. of uh, uh, I was taking him down every time he came through the holes. So, but man, you, you talk about a, a team that, I mean, just was hitting on all cylinders, right? As you go through that that playoff run, um, and to be a sophomore and kind of be, you know, this being our first kind of experience like this and not knowing, you know, really what to expect game after game and how intense game after game it got for us on that run. Um, and, I, and I remember even after we lost, I remember kind of not knowing how to feel, right? I felt like I was standing on that field and kind of looking around like, this was how horrible this was, how great it was we got to this point. And I remember Berg Rundon came up to me during the game and I think he even had a tear in his eye after the game. And he was like, great game. You guys will be back here someday, you know? And I have vivid memories of that as we were kind of walking off the field, man. And so, you know, when you get the opportunity to play in a, in a playoff game and a run like that, it's cliche, but in terms of never taking anything for granted, right? Because you don't know when you're going to be back there. You don't know what the opportunity is going to look like. And so um, that team and the way that team came together week after week and continued to push through the playoffs like that, because to your point, we were not the biggest team. We had great talent, um, but not the biggest team. And so, you know, it just, it just shows you that, you know, you can you can go a long way when you've got a true team and everybody hitting on all cylinders and, you know, all everybody doing their job and, and, and playing their role uh, in, in a team. So, yeah, very well put. So that that season of 93 ultimately came to an end in the final four of the state semis to Huron, Huron. Uh, the Huron Tigers. And uh, that was a great experience. Like you said, man, it's it's too bad. You, it's too bad when you're living it, you can't, you know, enjoy it and appreciate it with, uh, with everything that it is. And sometimes it takes years later to, to look back on it with that fondness. Absolutely. Yep. So we're going to skip ahead. Um, the junior year, we're going to touch base here with our senior year now. And as we had talked about, it was, uh, it was sort of the, sort of the opposite end of our, um, sophomore year where sophomore year we're climbing, we're clicking and just a, a tremendously successful season. And then the uh, senior year, we start off in uh, seven losses in a row. That, that That's tough. 
And I, I use the uh, illustration of um, when those losses start happening one after the other, it's like that snowball going down the hill and it's tough to stop it. Absolutely. Not for a lack of want, it's uh, not for a lack of work, but uh, one of the things that the current coaching staff likes to talk about to the kids is winning a football game is one of the single most difficult things you will do because there's so much that goes into it and it's not one person that can get you out of it. It's everyone. And so that, uh, that can be as much physical as it can be mental with the challenge of that. So we start off and just to, just to quickly go through um, the 10 game schedule and you can jump in with any memories from any of the games. Sure. Uh, but the season one, a little something like this, it was Trinity and Wycliffe and independence as the first three games um, schools that we had played in, in previous years, um, tough opponents coming up short in uh, all three games. So week four comes up and we have a road trip to a school called Loudonville. This is a one-off uh, back when we were an independent school. So we scheduled a game down in Loudonville, Ohio, didn't know much about them prior to uh, sort of getting the scouting report, you know, the week of or two weeks before. And we go down there. Do you have any uh, do you have any memories of this Loudonville game? Because I have a couple. Boy, you know, God. you could tell we you could tell we were approaching football country in central Ohio oh, yes. because Absolutely. there were a lot of people there. Yeah. Felt like the whole town was there. It was middle of nowhere, right? Right. Definitely. That was the first time we had driven to driven out into somewhere to play, right? Usually, you know, you were playing, like you said, the independents, the folks that were, but yeah, we drove out into football country, essentially, right? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. That's a great way to put it. And so we, uh, we show up and we uh, we get off to a fast start. I think the first two possessions we had the ball, we went down and scored and we had been doing some things very inconsistently the first uh, three weeks offensively. So it felt like, hey, maybe this is it. We're clicking. And so we like I said, we had some early success there and uh, we ended up having our highest offensive output thus far of that season. But that was a Loudonville team that uh, quickly showed up. And that was a uh, hard fought game that unfortunately we were on the short end. So we're talking four straight, four straight losses. That's a tough one. And so we return home week five and it is a uh, home contest against Perry. I think I'll stop you there too. Cause I know that that season, even going back to that first game, um, you know, I had actually, twisted my ankle up pretty good um, in that first game of the season. And it was on the first drive. And I remember sitting out, having having to sit out. I got it taped. I tried to go back in, couldn't go back in, try. And I just remember from a personally feeling personally responsible, right? Here we are in in a season where, and I'll tell you, the guys on our, especially the seniors that we had that year in terms of what effort went in in the off season kind of prior to that season, 
I had never seen so many guys in the in, in the weight room, right? That that winter and that spring. And I, I said, I remember thinking back then, this is the hardest working group of guys that I've, I've been a part of, been, been around going into that season. So for us, to your point, to start out with four straight losses, right? After putting amount of effort that I felt like going into that season, we had put more effort in than anything I had seen before at least. And and twisting my ankle up and kind of kind of dealing with that and feeling like, am I am I personally letting our letting the team down, right? Trying to deal with that, but also trying to continue to play, right? Doing what we had to do to to, to get out there and play. Um, it was just a very very interesting kind of first half of the season, certainly certainly for us as a team and and, and for me personally. So. Yeah, you. Thanks for reminding me about that uh, ankle piece for you. I forgot that that Trinity. So that Trinity Week One game, it was like, it was like the omen of what the season was going to be like. So you know, early on, you roll your ankle, you hurt your ankle, and our first drive of the season, we go all the way down to the two yard line, and we don't score on fourth down. Yep. And right. uh, I think on fourth down, we tried to convert on a pass and. I was trying to fit it over to someone and uh, it was either just knocked out of bounds or just caught out of bounds, something like that. So, you know, we, we stall out and they might've even taken the ball and gone like 98 yards, the next drive or something. So just talk about the, <laughs> the ultimate deflating feeling of our one of our senior leaders playing, not a hundred percent offense goes all the way down in stalls. So, to start week one where you're like, we're going to be up seven zip to no, and they're going to take it down and score on us. That was uh that was a tough start to the year. Sure. So, so we get back to that Perry game. Um, great game back and forth. Um, offense is starting to look a little better, put up 30 points, but we end up losing 34 to 30. Um, that was a tough one. Yeah, that was a re- that was a real tough one to have to go through. That was the game. Uh, that was it for me. That uh, yeah, yeah. That was the last. Uh, that was the last of my senior season. Unfortunately, I uh, it was. That's right. Yeah. So we were trying to go down for that winning score, and uh, I think we called sprint pass left hook, and I was rolling out, and just as I was throwing it, uh, I got hit from behind, and thumb destroyed and that was it for me so yeah that was tough Mm. so we go into uh weeks six and seven and these are two um two private school rivalry games uh we go to gilmore and then we have us come to us two more losses you know you don't like to talk about these losses you we know we have three wins coming up here in a moment but uh impressions of playing those rivalry games against those other private schools, whether it be our senior year or just any of the three years? No, absolutely. Um, You know, it's, it goes without saying that game against us is always kind of that, that pinnacle, you know, rival game that, that you just have to win, right. It's it's, it's a must win game. You know, you win that game, you know, it, it it, uh, defines the season a little bit. And, and so, that to, to lose to them our senior year was was extremely difficult. I even remember, um, again, uh, that game specifically taking some things a little bit personal. Um, 
Um, I think, I don't know what the score was, but we had a kind of a goal line stand. 14-7, yeah. Yeah, 14-7. 14-7 or 7 Uh, Shoot, I can't remember. No, um, it was not 14. So 14-7 was our junior year. Uh, Don Kelly had that pick six uh, yep. to win 14-7. Our senior year was... Uh, uh it was less than a touchdown yeah yeah absolutely and so i i just remember and it's it's funny um i'll I'll talk about this in a minute but i remember they ran a kind of an off tackle maybe maybe it was a trap or an off tackle play to the the fullback and i remember hitting him at the goal line and we fell to the side but we fell further into the end zone uh than than we did the other way and uh you know that play is you know burned into my memory right for forever and after that game i remember you know we're all kind of gathered around as a team and and coaches talking to us and um i mean it was i was very emotional after that game um i remember you know telling every telling the whole everybody you know that we, we fought you know, we did, we, we fought as hard as we could. Um, I will say, I think I even apologized uh, for feeling like I, you know, didn't do everything I could. And it was just an emotional, emotional time. I actually remember walking off the field and walking straight into the lock, straight back to the, all the way back to the locker room without even speaking to my parents or anybody else at that game like we usually did out there. And, and I just, it just emotionally just couldn't handle it right at that age and everything. And, and, um, the kicker about that is that the fullback that scored that touchdown was Mike Gallo and Mike Gallo, uh, college teammate, right? Ended up coming to wash you, um, and played fullback. It's actually kind of a funny story. They recruited him and me and day one, they had him as on the on the defensive side of the ball. And they had me as a, as a fullback, uh, and after, and they usually let the freshmen kind of play both sides of the ball during two days and everything. After two days, um, I was second string linebacker, <laughs> and they had moved him to fullback on the on the on the, on the other side of the ball. Nice. Um, and so we were back; things were back to normal. Uh, but uh, you know, became became really good friends with him. And so that to to go through that experience, one of the most emotional things I've been through that play burned in my mind. And then for that, that person to, you know, go to the same college and his, his dorm freshman year was right across from mine, um, you know, and, and we became friends throughout, you know, through college and teammates and, and still, you know, and still actually talk to this day. So just an interesting, interesting how, how life, how life takes you, but uh, um, just certainly a, a impactful game and, and play on me for sure. Did he share any uh, stories or any interesting perspective from the university side of things ever? Boy, I think freshman year, we did talk quite a bit about it, but I'm having trouble remembering any, any good ones. Sure. Uh, because, you know, I had him and Mike Charlton who went to Beachwood. Beachwood, and, yeah. Um, both joined, joined me at WashU and in and, and my class and we played, you know, football together for four years. And, and so you just never a small world, right? You never know. Uh, but I, yeah. I, I my, now Mike Charlton, 
I remember some, you know, he has his personality. He had some pretty funny stories about playing against us. And, and uh, he liked to remind everybody how I ran him over, you know, <laughs> after a 20 year run. I ran, and, and so he actually had some video and he showed it to some of the guys when we were there our freshman year and things. So it was, it was pretty funny. But. So week eight, we take a uh, two plus hour charter bus down to Columbus Academy. And we, we get a W, we, we break through and stop that losing streak. And uh, so we get back on, on the win, in the win column and uh, we get two plus hours of uh, thinking of tangs on the way home, those orangutans. And uh, we did not do uh, two hours straight of them, but we definitely filled quite a bit of time uh, with those on the way home. But talk about just the relief of getting off of that L column and getting a win. I, I remember that uh, being a quite uh, enthusiastic and there was quite, quite a bit of celebrating going on uh, at the end of that game. Absolutely. Absolutely. You talk about a team that just ha- had the weight of the world lifted off our shoulders, right? As we, as we were headed home and, and, you know, it just felt, it just felt right, right? It felt like all the, the effort that we had put in, you know, all the things that we had learned throughout the course of the season, you know, were starting to pay off, right? You know, everybody was still in this thing, you know, for coaching staff on down through the, through the team was still 100% behind this team. And, you know, we, we, knew, we knew that we had, we had more right we have more in us and 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 so yeah just the, the amount of joy and and joy and relief at the same time that uh from getting Big that time i mean you would have thought we won the super bowl right? <laughs> yeah. right yeah you would have thought we were uh coming off of that field one and oh that's right that's right absolutely so week nine we come home and we blank kirtland 35-0 uh you could tell there was a different confidence in this uh this team as we took the field yeah, for sure, man. I, you know, the way just even even in warmups, right? You could tell it was things were a little bit crisper, right? Just even in your in your in your pregame warmups, and and we go out there on the field and and to to play like we did, um, and again, just feeling that momentum, all that feeling that we hadn't felt, right? All all, all year it was like, we yes, we are, you know, uh, we are who, who we thought we were. Right, quite, quite frankly. Dennis Green, right? It's not a Dennis Green, Denny Green story. We are. Yeah. So, so week ten. I think we can talk about this one for a little bit. Uh, week ten, we have a home game against North Robinson Colonel Crawford. Another one-off, just like Loudonville. They came, uh, they came onto the schedule for one year, and we had like snow apocalypse leading up to that game. And I was just talking about this uh, story with Coach Brandt recently, and they drove, you know, an hour and a half or whatever. And that's probably the only reason the game didn't get canceled is they had made the drive up. And so Mr. Brian, the athletic director and the coaches got together and they talked about delaying it and trying to give the, uh, the grounds crew a chance to clear the field a little bit. So they shoveled and plowed and did whatever to do the perimeter of the field. Yep like the 40 yard lines and then like the goal lines. And so we head out there and it's just this white carpet 
And as I described it, the the early parts of the game, it was more like galloping because you had to high step to get through this deep Every snow. Yep. And then eventually it sort of worked its way, packed its way down, and you could use a little bit of agility and skill to it. Uh, what what sticks out to playing in essentially a game that looked like something you would do on a weekend after high school was over with your buddies, but uh, this is week 10 now. Absolutely, man. I, that, that game, I mean, I will never forget, right. You know, you, you, you talk about how they, where they plowed and where they didn't. So I, I you know, just the, that first carry uh, I remember getting getting off the ground we we, we really went to a, a, a passing game that, that that game of course you know but that first carry i got up and you're scraping the snow <laughs> out of your helm out yeah that's because you literally it's packed your three, cage was full of snow your cage was three inches full of snow <laughs> right uh and, and and so the high stepping you know the i mean it, it brought a whole nother just you know element of of really a fun to the to the to the end of our season right to to play a game like that in those conditions and you know all the momentum we had of a couple of wins and really just this is it right we had a couple of great wins the game got postponed we're still playing it was it was just it was time to have fun first overtime victory in school history too. second overtime game the 1992 game at university school is actually the first overtime game but the colonel crawford game in 95 week 10 was the first win first overtime in overtime yeah so we were part of that yeah absolutely man absolutely yeah so you think three and seven you think disappointing season but when you put three in a row together and you're able to walk off your own field with a w and end your senior chapter of football it's still special and there are still so many shared experiences with your teammates that uh can't be taken away from you and of course we would rather have had a senior year that mirrored more of our sophomore year where we make this playoff run but we still talk about the senior year. We don't try to forget it. Right. It made us for who we are. And uh, I think those memories are uh, are as alive as our 93 ones. And so. No, that's a great point. That's a great point. I even said it early on in terms of, you know, the, the experience you have and the relationships you build win or lose right and 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 what that looks like and so to you know for all of us to say that we went through the adversity that we went through together right and came out the other end you know that much stronger um it was just an awesome feeling and you know that to your point we have we have have rather and said hey we were in the playoffs and this is how we ended our our season but um you know, couldn't ask for a for better, better group of guys to, to, to have to go through that with, right? Let's take a pause for this week's Ask Coach segment. If you'd like to be a part of the Ask Coach segment, visit the I Went Down to the River Instagram account, and there you can submit your questions. This week's question. During your coaching career, what loss stuck with you the longest? Well, um... You know, he, uh, we were very, very fortunate, I would say, to uh, to win a great many games. And, uh, you know, every loss was uh, was difficult to take. But probably the one 
that uh, is the most difficult of all that was probably the state championship game back in 87 uh, down at Ohio State Stadium to go down and play at the shoe was uh, just a, a remarkable remarkable uh, uh, opportunity for our team and it was actually in our long career that was the second year that we had 86 we made the playoffs for the very first time 87 we made the playoffs but uh, not only that but we won the uh, district championship and we got to play down in Ohio State University uh, for the championship game against Columbus Academy a team that we had played once or twice during the, the course of uh, our our, our time playing football, but, uh, you know, Columbus Academy, uh, you don't usually schedule that far away, but we had a couple games with them, and we met them in 87, and uh, uh, really difficult from the standpoint of Ohio State had turf, and uh, I don't want to make excuses, but I will here. Uh, <laughs> Ohio State had turf, and it was new new stuff back then in, in the 80s, and that uh, wasn't very... Uh, yeah, it wasn't the best of uh, surfaces like they have nowadays, and uh, we went down there, and it was uh, it was going to be a, a night game on a Friday night, and that was unique too for the uh, the playoffs down there. But uh, so we we went out there, and it was it was cold, and uh, the field ended up being kind of icy and very slick. Well, we were a team of finesse and moving, uh, as I've referred to before, with the run and shoot and motions and all this kind of stuff. And uh, we had a great deal of difficulty with, with the footing. Uh, and uh, Columbus Academy, on the other hand, was uh, a drive right at you, kind of the old traditional dive and off tackle power and toss sweep kind of thing. But they they had uh, the more success, and we, uh, we just did not uh, have success down there. And I remember that uh, we had a great opportunity. We're down on the five-yard line, and uh, we tried to get in to draw the game a little bit closer. They had the lead on us, but uh, we slipped a couple times, and we just couldn't get anything going, and they took over, and they got a drive, went down, scored a touchdown, and ended up winning the game. And so that was – that was a tough one. That was a tough one because we just uh, didn't get to perform like we usually would. And uh, uh, some of that, obviously, doing to the surface that we were playing on. But uh, they were they were a good team. Obviously, they were in the state championship game, but, uh, but so were we. And now back to the interview. All right. So that takes us through that senior season. We are going to go ahead and transition to the two minute drill. So we're going to work through some uh, quicker, quicker firing uh, questions here for you. So I'm going to put two minutes on my phone here and we're going to, we're going to get going. Ready, Daryl? Yep. All right. Any significance to your Jersey number? So my dad wore 44 uh, when he played high school football. Awesome. What are you closest to today? Your 40 time, your 800 time, or your bench press? I would say I'm probably closer to my 800 time. Oh, nice. <laughs> Could you diagram a play from our senior year offensive playbook? Ooh, yes, I could. Trap, Which trap. trap? Oh, of course, Easy. trap. Right. Yep. Um, but also the uh, halfback counter. Yeah. Okay. Sprint counter. Yeah. I love sprint counter. Uh, what tradition was your favorite? I think the, um, the pregame warm up 
uh, where we claim in the field. Are you talking about claim in the field with the dirt? At the at the uh, opponent's field, where we where we brought our our dirt to, to yeah. there. Yeah, we can talk about that here in a second when this is over. I like that one. Uh, what makes fudge good? Oh, fudge has to be. It's it's really it's, it's the consistency. <laughs> Don't give me gritty fudge. You had some bad fudge, probably right. <laughs> yeah, when it's bad, it's bad. Yes. Uh, what upperclassmen had the biggest impact on you, whether on the field or off? Um, I'd probably say Larry Wilson. Yeah. Also because of the track and field piece. Yeah. We just, we, the relationship that we had, um, from track and field, uh, his dad was our coach on track and field. And so I got to, got to know him really well. And, and so, yeah, I'd probably say that was, that would be the nice, fun. um, biggest hit given. Do you remember who it was on? Biggest hit given. Hmm. I had so many, Danny. I can't even. No, I'm kidding. Um, um, Does one stick out or no? No, no, it doesn't actually. It was just surprising on the spot here, but I'm blanking on what what game it was specifically. But there was a fourth and short where you met someone in the hole. I think it was the '93 season. I will say, yeah, it and. Oh man, I am blanking on who it was against. If it was the U.S. game our sophomore year, um, but it was quite the collision, and uh, everyone out there immediately knew that they were short, and the place went crazy. Yeah, <laughs> you know, actually another vivid memory I do have is that sophomore year, um, and I, again I can't remember who we were playing, but I hit the quarterback was was scrambling, and I remember hitting him close to the sideline. And I tell my boys about this even to this day. I hit him close to the sideline. His teammates moved out of the way after I hit him. And he went flying and slid backwards into the fencing behind the behind the actual bench where the team was 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 holding it. And they just left him there. And I had that vivid memory of hitting this guy and him laying there in this wooden fence because his whole team had parted ways. And just let him go. They just let him. Oh, that, that's a bad job out of them. Uh, exactly. So claim, claiming the field. Do you have any uh, memories from claiming the field? Pre-game? You know, um, <laughs> it was funny. We, you know, we, when we played uh, Perry, right? They had Ashler turf. <laughs> Uh, and so I remember Stu and I were like, well, do we do this thing? Or do we, <laughs> you know, this is... Uh, <laughs> So, yeah, so the first the first time we went over to Perry, this is this is one of those things where like years later, you're like, what the heck did we do? And so as a as a reminder, the the claiming the field was taking some dirt from our field and going on the road with it and then planting it in the opponent's end zones, doing one at a time. And uh, now the field has a little bit of our own and it's ours and we're about to. uh win on our field at your place. And so Perry just opens up this gorgeous turf field stadium because of those power plants. And, uh, we go out there and how this, how this made it through, I have no idea, but we're like wiping dirt on the turf. And of course the site manager comes out and is 
not happy, nor should he. Like right. I said, years later, it's like, what? Why, right. why did we do that? So we're claiming the field and they came out barking at us and they should have, and we stopped, but, um, it's a different, uh, it's a different claiming of the field when it's turf. So what we switched to year from then on was we would do it with our water from the field. So we would have water and sort of yeah. a, uh, a much uh, safer and less uh, volatile way to claim, <laughs> claim the opponent's field. <laughs> oh man. Uh, hey, Daryl, take a, take a moment and tell us what you're up to these days, please. Sure, sure. So I am, uh, I'm actually here in Columbus, Ohio, uh, moved here about three years ago from, from the St. Louis area. Uh, funny enough, my, my boys uh, are playing sports here for a school called Wellington and they actually play Columbus Academy. So I was actually over at Columbus Academy's facilities for the first time since our game. Since that 95 game, huh? That 95 game. I was there two weeks ago. My, my son had a basketball game. And I remember driving it, driving up and, and, and pointing out the field and talking to my son about that's the, remember I was playing about the Eagles. Wait a minute. That's the actual field you played on. I said, yeah, it's the same field, but I was, uh, I love that. It was a great, uh, a great, uh, a great time, chance to talk to him about that. But, but no, I'm here. I've got three boys, uh, 12, nine and two and, and uh, working for an engineering firm that I started working for about a year or so out of college. Um, so I've been here quite a, quite a while at the same firm and, was in Kansas City, St. Louis, and now here in Columbus, and uh, responsible for building, building, building our business here in Ohio. So it's an awesome opportunity, and in, in, in the middle of everything. Right. Well. Yeah. Not to make it difficult or anything. That's right. <laughs> uh, so, is there a phrase or a saying from from the Hawk and football experience that you apply to your professional or your personal life? You know, that's a great, I actually um, had the opportunity uh, recently to speak to kind of an internal group of, of leaders uh, at our company. And um, it's funny, I actually used, uh, I said, I had, I had a coach one day or, or, or in high school that said, it, every opportunity, you either get better or you get worse. And I use that to talk about, you know, how we, uh, evolve um, as a company. Um, we talked about, you know, we, we have a lot of folks as we grow, our company was 1800 people, not 7,500 people. And I talked about how, you know, every day we have to learn from those that we hire from the outside. We have to take our culture and, and, and you know, and, and, and get better every day. And so you have that choice. When you come into the office every day, either you get worse, you get better or you get worse. And so I think that's, I've stuck with me uh, forever. You are one of many. I've talked to so many alums who that is the first thing they say is get better, get worse. That sign that was above the doorway as we walked out of the field house for practice or for home games. And uh, it's it's just so universal for everything. It had it had its importance when it was um, instilled in us as football players. But then you graduate and there's just there's just new opportunities to use it as a professional, as a dad, um, yeah. just you wake up and it, it's, it's your mindset. And what can I do today to make sure that I get better because staying the same is not getting better. It's getting worse. 
and take each of those opportunities that I have to uh, offer up some positive change, whether for me or for others. That's right. Absolutely, man. Yeah, I will never, never forget that one. It's certainly, certainly work to instill that into my, into my kids, uh, as, as you meant, you know, into my kids and, you know, my you know fellow employees and others. So um, it, it's a great experience. And I also do remember uh, the sign that said uh, there will come a time when the fall will ask what you've been doing all summer. In the weight room. In the weight room. We That's saw right. that every summer lift. That's right. That was, that was one of my favorites. We pointed that one out and it's so true. You can't just show up to the fall season and be like, yeah, I'm ready because you can't cheat it. You can't, you can't speed through the process. You got to put the work in and uh, there's no shortcut there. So Daryl, this was fantastic. I'm so glad that uh, we were able to carve out some time and uh, get together um, to share stories from your experience as that incoming ninth grader, um, that fullback and linebacker who had such a tremendous impact on the field, that captain that had a impact on and off the field to his classmates, but also uh, the teammates that were below us. Uh, you are a great friend, and uh, I'm really, uh, really thankful for the time that you, uh, you, you gave me. No, this has been fantastic, and thank you for the opportunity to to, to relive some of those days. I, you know, it's not every every chance you get to to really start to kind of take a few minutes to to relive some of those times and and really reflect and uh, really on those times and also reflect on the friendships, right? And so I certainly appreciate the opportunity. Daryl, thanks for taking this trip down to the river. Love it. Thanks for spending time with us today. Please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Tell a friend and spread the word. And until the next episode, like my dad always says, good night, Irene.